if we stay in touch and we're like, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we might not be chatting daily, but you know, we might touch you know, base. How you been? Touch yeah. base and, you know, like, like you build a relationship. And then yeah. in 20 years, if I say, Hey, Jason, can you help me out with this? It's far more likely you're going to, you're going to help true. me out. Right. Because there's a relationship there and that's a danger with email. People worry about ma mailing too much. The biggest mistake is mailing too little. That's that's a real risk because then the relationship is worth is worth nothing. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And we're back on another episode of the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Moved N O V D. 30.com. It's a transformational entrepreneurial program that takes you into momentum fast. But today we have an awesome guest named Scott Bywater. What's up, brother? How you doing? Yeah, good, Jason. Great to great to be here and and uh, and be a part of it. So we're with such a cool guy with the with the guitar background and all that. Um, yeah, hey, awesome. Are you play guitar or are you a music buff or how do you? No, really I don't play guitar. I have thought about it. I thought, you know, it'd be good just to let the, you know, the, the creative juices sort of, sort of flow. But yeah, yeah I, I'm, uh, I, I have zero talent right now in guitar. <laughs> my uncle, um, my, my dad played most of my life, um, really all my life. And my uncles played as well. And it wasn't too many years back, maybe about seven years ago. And I remember being at a campfire and um, my uncle, and this goes in business as well <laughs> with everything, but he goes, uh, he goes, check this out. And I was like, what? And he goes, he showed the guitar to me and he kind of just goes like this and he did two different chords and he started doing it. And then he stops and he's all, and they think you're magic. <laughs> and I thought that was like, it was a great analogy into almost anything, right? You like learn a skill and then all of a sudden people think you're magic. And then when you show them, what the skill is and they're like oh that's what it is oh that's what i have to do <laughs> yes yes yeah no that's uh that's that's awesome <laughs> so we're gonna jump right in delivering world-class marketing breakthrough visionary business owner leading through copywriting and this is a really good conversation but i'm gonna dive deeper into um, were you a writer before? What, what did, where did this come back? Was it, or start from, was it, was it younger? Did you find yourself writing? What, what was that personality maybe at a younger age that might've connected with what you do today? Yeah. So I, I, I certainly never had aspirations to be a writer where I was like, Hey, you know, five years old. Yeah. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a writer when I grow up sort of thing. So it more eventuated from, I started out when I left school in uh, like in sales and marketing type roles. So I did your door-to-door -door selling, uh, you like cold call telemarketing, sort of more, um, yeah, meeting-based sales, all of that sort of thing. So I did, I did a lot of sales roles, probably from about 17 to 24. And then at the age of 24, I decided to hang out my shingle as a, I started the business, I mean, long story, I won't go into all the, all the nitty gritties, but I started the business as a, as a hair salon after going to a Brad Sugar seminar. And he's like, start up a business and build it up and then sell it. And we started it up and we 
sort of build it up, but we didn't quite pull it off. And then I decided I was going to, then I put a classified ad into the, um, into the newspaper, which is showing my age a bit. Now it would be a Google ad, but it was like, yeah, marketing. Can't, can't even say, can't even say Craigslist. Cause that yeah, would be exactly. too old too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so it was like, it was like marketing genius, proven results, something like that. And I would get calls and I would get appointments and all that. And after I'd been doing that for, um, for a, for a while, maybe 12 months or something, um, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she, she saw this ad from Reader's Digest and she's like, you need to go for that, you know, for that job. And it was for a copywriter. And I'm like, okay. So she, she had quite strong intuition. So anyway, I went for it. Long story short, I didn't get the job, but I did get the confidence. And then that confidence sort of lurched me onto a, um, yeah, onto specializing in copywriting. And I learned at that time, I learned the power. I didn't really realize it of positioning because when I changed from a marketing consultant to a copywriter, um, I 10 times my income, mm. uh, admittedly from a reasonably low base at the time, but it was just like, oh, this is, you know, I'm onto, I'm onto something here. And yeah. then that sort of, and then that sort of kicked off that. Um, and, and really that's, you know, you hit the right market with the right offer at the right time. And uh, yeah. And things just, things just, things just click. So I think that's, that's pretty I cool. I, th I think that's actually pretty cool that you that you actually told the story that, you know, you're, because that's when you have a spouse that supports you, they want the best for you. Right. I mean, they just yes. want, they want the best. And, and in that story, basically, you know, she has you kind of go out there, but I, that was a twist. <laughs> like I didn't even get the job, <laughs> Yeah. but you realize that's cool though. You realize like that was the turning point. That was when you realized, wait a minute here, you know, the confidence to go out there and, and kind of put yourself in that position. So, so when you looked at um, sales and I, I go into this a lot in, in, especially if I were to talk to a copywriter or so, but there really is differences between a sale and the copywriting and then maybe the marketing or advertising side. When you were in the sales side, you kind of are on the front end. Did you have to kind of rewire your brain so that you didn't think of the way that you would have to sell? You, did you have to kind of rewire your brain to be a copywriter instead of a salesman? Because they, those two can kind of play some funky, funky differences. Well, they're actually quite similar in many ways. Like the, the, de the definition of copywriting is essentially salesmanship in print. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a definition of it. So if we look at, if we look at it from that perspective, um, I'd been doing sales almost like unconsciously training for copywriting for those seven years or so, right? Mm, from from yeah. when I left school to that, without even without even knowing, almost doing like a you know, a degree in copywriting. But, and so when I when I started to move into that uh, copywriting and on the uh, with the printed word, the the concepts I'd learned or the phrases or whatever would come back to me. And also I think you generate a, an understanding, particularly when you're like, I, I would say at the time, like, you know, like, like the, you know, doing telemarketing and that sort of stuff was very, 
it's a great way to learn fast because you're making like, I don't know how many calls you're making an hour. Or, yeah, you're going to get day. about 40 to 60 calls. Yeah. Yeah. You're making like 40 to 60 calls a day. So you're, you're really learning human nature almost unconsciously because you're just like bang, mm -hmm. bang. And yeah, even if it's like a 10 second call and it's like, no, mate, not interested. You're still learning how to, how to read sort of situations. So mm -hmm. I think that, I think that taught me a lot unconsciously, which I'm perhaps not even aware that I even, you know, that I even learned uh, about the whole human nature side of, you know, side of things and, and, and the sale, you know, the sales process, because all of it, you know, all of it's intertwined marketing, sales, mm -hmm. uh, copywriting, it's all intertwined, different, but, but yeah, there's, there's connections between all of them. Yeah, I think that um, there's there's definitely a lot of connections. I find sometimes there's a brain that is used differently, you know, because a lot of times, you know, we, we started, you know, we started earlier. I kind of share the story. I don't always tell the tactics that we use, but I shared with you when we kind of got on here. I always before we start, I try to find a tempo. You know, I'm trying to find like, you know, mannerisms and that comes back from old salesmanship where I'm just trying to mirror somebody and try to put myself in a position where, you know, do you feel comfortable? Do you have a good place that you're here? And I'm curious in those things, when you create relationships and copy, are you finding yourself creating that same, that same process as well? You're trying to create a tempo and you're trying to find that. What, how, how does that process work for you? Yeah, so 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 it's sort of you're creating it on a mass scale, if if you like. So you're that's what I love about copy is it's like sales is very one on one and it's deep and that sort of thing. Whereas copy, you can almost build a relationship with thousands of people at you know at once. Mm -hmm. um, and and for 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 me, like the process I would go through, like when I take on a client. Is is you go through quite a quite a deep research phase, like on a project research would probably take up about forty percent of your time, or should take up about forty percent of your time. The writing is actually the easiest part of the process. So you're going through this, you know, like you would send a survey out to the list. Like let's say, let's say you work with a client, they've got a list of five thousand names, whatever it is. We'd send a survey out to start with and ask them about their frustrations, ask them about uh, the, the questions they have for you, ask them about, you know, if, if you could wave a magic wand, what would they, you know, what would they have you do? All, all of these sort of questions. And in many ways, that's getting the tempo, You're getting the tempo of the list. You're mm. finding out what are the, you know, what are the issues which they've got, which they, they need help with. And then from there, you can enter the conversation going on in their mind. Um, because if you try and write copy before that, you're going to have the most beautiful prose. But if you're suffering from, yeah, if you love guitars and I'm talking about the flute, doesn't matter how eloquently I talk about the flute, your, yeah, your interest level is about 20% of where it could be. Mm. So, and there's, there's distinctions, there's distinctions within that, right? You might love, you might be learning about chords at the moment. And I'm talking about yeah, some other aspect of, of the guitar and you've already done that. So you're not interested in what I'm talking about. So it's understanding that is probably the most important thing because an average copywriter, an average writer who understands the marketplace 
what you know, can do better than a great writer who doesn't understand the target market. Is that, um, and a lot of things we go through and, you know, we've, uh, we've written a lot of emails on our and things like that. And it's almost like this never ending education of trying to figure out, you know, who is this person that you're trying to sell to? And I think it's always interesting because it's really like a group of people. It's not, it's one person, but it's like a group of that one person. And I always thought that was like so fascinating, but also so difficult because you don't, your feedback takes longer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's it's a group of people, and you can get into like the dissection, right? You can go deep. So you can do things like, for example, rather than starting with a traditional lead magnet, you could start with a decision tree, where, for for example, uh, so rather than saying oh, I've got a like, you could have it. Let's say it's a digital marketing company. What, what digital marketing strategy is best for you right now? Yeah, and, then, and then it asks you a whole heap of questions before it asks for your, for your email address. And it might be, what's the average dollar of a sale? What's, you know, what, 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 what's your average dollar of a sale? What's the size of your email list? What's this? What's that? And if you, if you want to go into that sort of segmentation, then you could literally have, you, know, you literally have end up with six or 12 avatars right mm -hmm. that that you're writing to because someone with a list of a hundred thousand is very different to someone with a list of 500 yeah so the more the more deeply you segment the better results that you will get but you've also got to take into account the opportunity cost of the segmenting so and get and get the balance right between the you know between the two yeah. um so that's that's very uh, and imp yeah, important one. I mean, the other thing from that is if you look at, let's say someone like Adele Ravella's work with the uh, buyer personas, um, that's quite incredible where you actually get on the phone and understand how you actually go about buying, which is quite fascinating. So how do you actually go about making that buying decision? For instance, I, I did that with one client once and I asked them, I, I, I called their prospects who didn't buy with, from them, but bought from their competition. They were a solar company. And what they found was the reason that that particular prospect didn't go with him was because the competitor had a, another type of technology, which he thought, yeah, suited him better. And my client didn't even know that that technology was even around. Or that's oh, why he okay. lost the business, right? Yeah. So, so it's understand. So, not having that insight, who knows how many clients that was actually happening to? But once you've got that insight, you can make better decisions. Whereas when you don't know what you don't know, yeah, you can only make decisions on what you know. So that that sort of knowledge is so insightful, and that's why I'm such a big fan of research because. Once you know that, once you, the better the research, the better the decisions about the copy, about the marketing strategy, about the sales process, all of that, the better, the better the decisions. And the other one, just as an offshoot that, that you're yeah. like, I mean, one of the best ways to write copy is to record your best salesperson, right? If you're in a company, record your best salesperson, find out what they're saying, what the words they're saying, because that's working real time. Yeah and use that as part of your research to create the copy.
that's actually a good little little hack there. So yeah, utilize utilize your top sales pin, record that, and then you're basically looking for the reactions because they're right there in front of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So so you well yeah you you've got the reactions and the yeah the the feedback loop from the customer, and you've yeah. got like the yeah. script of what the salesperson's using. What are they using? Because if it works, if I'm talking to you right now and something I say convinces you to buy my product, odds are it's going to work on the work on the written word as well. Do you know what mm. I mean? Obviously, you don't have the the real time feedback um, yeah. that you do with you know face to face sales interaction, but it's still the same set of eyeballs whether they're listening to me talk or they're watching a video or they're reading a reading an email it's still the same set of eyeballs behind that. And the same thinking happens behind those eyeballs. Do you, if let's say you've uh, had like a hundred thousand lists, do you like to break that list up and use different copy per 10,000 or what are some things that you like to do to break that list up? Or do you just yeah, say yeah. all 100,000? Oh, okay. Uh, in terms of, in terms of breaking that breaking that list down and that's yeah sort of breaking that list down so that you can utilize different so you know with ads it's quite I mean, structurally you know you could just run a couple different ad sets and then those ad sets are going to give you your feedback do you like to create for lack of better words ad sets uh email set segmentation <clears throat> and then break that 100 you know that 100 uh, 000 list by using the same call to action at the end do you like to change the subject line, the, the body a little bit, maybe the headline, whatever that is? Do you like to tweak that per segmented um, a, a number of, of, uh, of, let's say, contacts that you have? Do you like to do it that way or in micros or do you like to just maybe four different chunks? How do you like to do that? So, so there's different ways you could do it. Like I was talking to a client recently and he's got a list of about 70,000 and the way we're breaking it down is like recency. So they're, they're all buyers. So how recently did they buy? Because they're going to be a different um, different level of, of interest. So in terms of the yeah. tagging and segmenting, frequency, meaning how many times did they buy? Um, and monetary, meaning how much did they spend? So, so that's one way that you can obviously, you can tag that and mm. go, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, I know who to approach, how to approach, all of that sort of thing. But they, they can also be tagged, for instance, in, in terms of, well, let's say you've got that, that 100,000 list, and let's just use a, a digital marketing agency because we're, we're both familiar with, with marketing. And you might create a, let's say, a white paper on Google AdWords. So you say, hey, I've created this you know, great white paper on Google AdWords. Yeah, you, know, you can download it here as an example. Probably sexier copy than that, and you might do do several, you know, several emails starting with yeah. content, so it's valuable and drive down. But then at the end of it, they go, "Oh yeah, I want to download that." So they click on it, they download it, they go through the yeah into their details. Then what you can have is you have several follow up emails specifically related to Google AdWords and even. Yeah, like let's say to book in an AdWords consult consultation with you as an example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, but you're not going to send that to the whole list because maybe they don't care about AdWords. They care about mm. 
Facebook or LinkedIn or, or whatever. So that's a really good way to segment. So the emails, let's say, go to your, your whole list, like broad, but then you, you bring people into a room. So it's a little bit like if you go to a presentation and at the end of the, someone does this amazing talk and then at the end of it goes, listen, if anyone wants to stay behind afterwards, I'm going to be talking mm -hmm. about my XYZ mastermind. And then the people who stay behind afterwards have, they're interested. They want to be there. So that's mm. another really good way to segment that, yeah, to set, yeah, to segment that list. And then anyone who joins that, if you've got an AdWords thing that comes up in the future, you've obviously got that group tagged and you can directly, yeah, you can directly approach that group without slamming the entire list type of thing and, and, devaluing because what I find happens with email lists is it, is it can go one of two ways. One is they write, people tend to write love letters to their list. So they'll go, yeah, they'll just, they'll just send all this amazing content and everything. And you think, oh, this is, this is great, but never ask for the sale. Right. So, yeah. so, so, and then, yeah, if they're not leveraging it and monetizing it, they sort of often don't, um, continue with it and then you've got the other side which is like the, the scorched earth approach right where it's just like sell 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 and then I've seen that happen and what happens over time is a list you know it's a little bit like me calling you up every day Jason with a with a new network marketing opportunity pretty soon you're not going to take my calls right you're going to be like yeah. hey I'm busy I've I've you know I can't I can't take this so so what I like or what, what, what I've um, developed is a way called the third way. And the way the third way works is you, you're starting out with every email or you know, the majority of emails, they're very strong on the content side, specifically focused on the issues that the client has because they're based on the specific challenges that the client has. And then from there, segueing into um so that from there they actually segue into a soft pitch at the end using an open an open loop and an open loop is just it's what you see with all the tv shows do all the morning shows all that sort of thing it's like hey come back after the break and we'll show you how to you know how to grow a tadpole on your head and you're like <laughs> i really I really want to know how to grow a tadpole on my head and yeah. you hang around for five minutes, go through all the ads and you're there at the end of the break. So you want to be doing that really three, three times in your email. You want to do that at the beginning um, to get them to read the email. You want to do, do it at the end to get them to click the email. And then you want to do it again to get them to read the next email. So you want to have three open loops within each email to, yeah, to, to ensure that, um, yeah, there's constantly this whole curiosity factor going, which is really just a strategy that has been going on for decades through, yeah, through, yeah, through the television. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. Before, yeah, every TV show relies on the same strategy. How much, how much time do you find yourself, you know, we'll put these emails out and, you know, we have a small masterclass that's going to come up and write an email through it. How much time do you like to spend? Do you, do you find yourself like on the entertainment side, you just kind of feed the list a little bit. And I think that was kind of what we talked about is like a little bit of entertainment. Right. And then when you go into something that's going to be like the sale, how, how much time do you find yourself 
um, dedicated to like an email? It, it, it really depends. Like if I'm writing them for myself, because I, I know myself, I'm, you know, I, I sort of know what I'm going to write, all of that sort of thing. I can do them quite quickly. Um, even like I, I've developed a strategy with, with clients where we actually, uh, you know, where we actually interview them based on questions they know, and then have that call then transcribed and then use that so it actually sounds like it's it's in there it's very much in their voice um so that that's you know that that that's faster than like your sales emails whereas if you're doing let's say uh if you're doing if you're doing let's say a sales email they can take time because if it's a launch and you're going out to a large list and you need to make a convert or even if it's like an evergreen funnel you want to dedicate like some real time to getting that as versus if it's a nurturing email. So it can vary. I mean, it can vary from 15 minutes you know, to one to two hours to put together an email, depending on the purpose, who you're writing it for, how much research is involved, all of that sort of thing to put that, yeah, to put, yeah, to put an email, an email together sort of thing. So, yeah. That's cool. I think, I think there's, uh, you know, with email, I think it's, it's always fascinating because it's almost like the, the, I don't know, it's like the golden ticket that never goes away. Right. People have not gotten rid of email and, you know, I, I remember what was it? 99 or something like that. I got my first email. Yeah. Right around 99 or something like maybe earlier 98 or 97. Um, and all of the transitions of all social media platforms, MySpace, Google, all these things. And, you know, this thing has stuck around. You think that this is going to kind of be like the mailbox for 70 years, you know, the postal service or whatever that is. You think email is going to continue to be that foundational piece that just doesn't go away? I don't think it's going to go anywhere, um, email, because, yeah, and I, I just can't see email ever you know not in the near future going anywhere yeah. because um but also the i mean the, the the advantage from email as a business owner is that you own the list mm -hmm. so whereas when you're on when you're on your socials your facebook your linkedin your instagram all of that sort of thing you don't own that list you can be mm. You know, as we've seen in recent years, you can be deplatformed, you can be censored, yeah. you can be yeah. all of those sort of things. So it's not, you, you might have 10 million followers on Facebook yeah, or, or hundreds of thousands in your Facebook group, but they're not your list. So I'm very big on, hey, let's, let's work out ways to do it. Like even with my LinkedIn posts, and I didn't do this for years and I, I, it probably cost me a lot because um, you've got your, let's say Gary Vaynerchuk's out there going, Hey, just put out heaps of content and yeah. you know, it'll make you a star and you'll, you know, you'll become rich yeah. and famous and et cetera, et cetera. I, I personally have not found that to be true. Um, yeah. I do think it does build a lot of uh, credibility and relationship, but it, as you know, business isn't just about you know being well known. You want to you want to actually make sales at the end of the day. 
So mm. what I do, let's say with my LinkedIn posts, I'll put a content out, which all leads with like really, which leads with story. So it's very strong on story. So it's mm. like, so it engages people, then yeah. gives them, like I've got a series at the moment where I'm doing like headline hacks, then gives them the headline hacks. So it's something really specific and valuable. And then at yeah. the end, it's like, hey, if you enjoyed this headline hack, you can get a hundred more of them in my in my special report. Link is in the comments. So what I'm what I'm looking to do is pull everyone across to my email list from the you know from the social media thing. Because then what I can do is I can yeah you know, I can tag, I can segment, I can follow up, and I they're not going on LinkedIn and maybe seeing me if the algorithm yeah. is all is all is all works, and then one day I disappear because. Yeah, they they click on something else and mine doesn't make it in their feed. This way yeah. I can know it's gonna cut, you know, it's gonna cut through to the, you know, to them. So and I found the thing with email, right? And why a lot of people go, oh, email doesn't work. Yeah, like it doesn't work for me. I send out these emails, it doesn't work. But here's the thing: email doesn't give you the dopamine hits because I can Ooh, send out an that's email. That's pretty good, man. Hold on, that's pretty good. Yes. I, I, you know what? I never thought about it like that. It is pretty flat. <laughs> it's, well, it doesn't give it to you. because No, you put it an, doesn't. I would never you, date emailing. No, no, no. <laughs> you put an Instagram post out and you get like, you get like 50 likes, you know, within an hour. Yeah. And you're like, that, you're yeah, like you're feeling right. good. Yeah. You know? Email. Yeah, it's almost like you just, you just send that little boat out and you're like, is it, is it good? Is it good? Is it good? <laughs> yes. That's true. You're right. It doesn't, doesn't give you the dopamine kick. Huh. And that's why I think people are, many people are more into social media than they are into email because, well, email, number one, you got to build the list, right? You got to create the mm -hmm. list, which creates effort. Which you um, could do through social media. Which you can do through social media. Yeah, mm -hmm. but then you got to create a lead magnet, and you, like there's a few mm -hmm. different steps involved. You can't just like have a brain fart and go, ah, oh, bang, and you <laughs> get sure. the dopamine hits. Yeah, right? yeah. You actually yeah, put yeah, effort yeah. in. So, well, I mean, you might run ads to generate that and generate the list, and you have some ways of coming through social and things like that. But yeah, I like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I love to work with, with, with clients with email lists because it's almost like a pre qualifier, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you build an email list, you've actually, you know, you've got follow through, you've got marketing now, so you've got all of those yeah. sort of things, all of those sort of things happening. And, yeah, you know, and, and where, where people fall over, I think is they go, I, I sent it out. It didn't work, but it's like, you're not getting the, you can't like an email. Yeah. You, know, you can't go, Oh, like you've got to actually respond and say, Hey, Jason, that was a great email because blah, 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 blah. And how many people do that? Nobody does. Yeah, you know, like very few. You know, no. you, you rarely get it. You know, like like that that doesn't happen. So, and and then even if you comment, like a lot of people comment, let's say on LinkedIn, so that they can they can work the algorithm and they can be seen and they can, you know, all of that sort of thing. Well, if you comment to an email, it's just going back to that, to that person. So there's less motivation. But on the, but what happens is it just cuts through on a deeper level. And if I want to get, like I put, I, I'm doing a joint venture for an email marketing program I'm launching at the moment with a JV partner. Mm. He sent an email out to his list. I've got 60 people on registered for a webinar. 
So if you look at that, that's from a that's from a that's from an email with with a, with a social post. Not not only is it not what's the word for it. Not not only is it not um, almost kosher to do yeah. that. Like like you, it's just not it's just not the right culture. It's like going to a party and you know, yeah, it's like you're invent your friends inviting you over a party and you start like flogging them Tupperware or something. Do you know what I mean? It's not the right social environment to do it. Yeah. Whereas email, it's far more, it's far more just it's accepted. So, so you can put all those people and that's, that is the power of email. And the other, the other advantage of email is you can do, once you have a list, then you can access other people's lists because you can sort of do, you can do cross promotion, yeah, providing you, you believe in what they're offering yeah. and all that sort of thing which can grow your list even more. So it, it opens up just so many opportunities that, you know, that, that the social th- yeah, that the social side doesn't. And you can schedule, you can say, hey, I, I'm going to do a, a product launch and I've got you know, these seven emails that are going to go out. And I've literally done product launches with you know, admittedly large lists, but where they've made half a million dollars and more in within uh, yeah within like a week of mm-hmm. that launch and some build up mm-hmm. try and do that with linkedin or facebook or any other medium you just can't get the volume yeah it, it just yeah it, it's very 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 difficult to do yeah. whereas yeah. with email you can do it and that's why i think it's it's sort of it's not it's not as sexy and it's but it but it gets like according to litmus.com I believe it's a 42 times ROI. Yeah, I've heard that too. Email yeah, I've heard over, that. Like you try getting that with Facebook ads, a no. 42 times ROI. No, not to say Facebook ads is don't do Facebook ads because Facebook ads has another benefit. It can build you an email list mm-hmm. and it can give you scale, right? Like if you've got, if I've got a list of 5,000 people, I'm not going to build a billion dollar company on that. Um, whereas if I've got a Facebook funnel that's working and I can then go out to hundreds of millions, then it has yeah. more scale. But on the flip side, it's much harder to work, which is why I always say, start with email. If you've got an email list, start with email and then flip back into use that money and that cash flow to then flip back into building the cold funnel. One of the things that I always hear, and, and that is like, when people respond, you know, unsubscribe and everything like that, sometimes they get so bummed out, like they wrote a, diff- a wrong email or something like that. What's your thoughts on, you know, what people's emotions should be through, you know, sending out an email and then maybe not getting much response to number two, you know, um, d- if I get bad feedback, is that going to stop me? And then, and then number three is as you go through that, how willing are you to email them again? Once you kind of, not someone that unsubscribes, but you know, when people, they question themselves on how often should I email my list? And so many times when I get marketers and things like that, I'm in a copywriting world, a guy like Frank Kern or something like that, man, I get an email from that guy like every day and I'm still not like upset. I'm like, well, I guess he's just part of my email box or something. Uh, What is it that people need to switch in their minds because that is probably a huge one. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't send emails to them twice a week or something like that. But when you get to the big boys and you start to get with the players, 
you, you, they're in your, I mean, they're literally knocking on your door going, did you want some rouse, some roses? Oh no. Did you want some oranges? Did you want some, I mean, they're, in, they're in your face. So somebody that's maybe looking at doing more email, what should their mindset be about that process? Yeah, I, I think you, you almost want to look at it like a talkback radio show, right? So I'm a big fan oh, of sending good. more, more emails, right? Like I sent them daily for probably 10 years uh, in terms of emails, just constantly, you know, day in, day out, every weekday. I don't think I did weekends, but, and you know what? Very little pushback. Occasionally you'd get someone who is upset and would write you a, yeah, this letter about how they hate you or something like that. But And they're mean. They're so mean. They're so oh, mean. people. Yeah, yeah, you do get that occasionally, but it's a rarity. It you know totally what I mean? and, is. Yeah. And and the unsubscribe rate is is low. And if you're gonna like, if you're gonna put yourself out there anywhere, there's you know, like you're gonna get some people who are, I mean, you're dealing with you know all these strange humans and everyone's different and everyone sees things from a different perspective, but most humans are basically you know, are basically good people, right? You know, they're basically I good agree. people. Yeah. You know, so if they're going to unsubscribe, you know, they're, they're, they're just going to click on unsubscribe and they're going to go if, you know, if it doesn't suit them. And if they do unsubscribe, I mean, they're not that interested in what you've got to offer if they're unsubscribing, right? So it's, I've always found the benefit, the, the biggest danger is in, it's not an emailing your list too much it's in not emailing your list. Because if you want your email list to very quickly decline in value, just don't email it for three to six months, you know? And, and that's what will decline because it's a lot like a personal relationship. So if we have this conversation, Jason, and then I don't talk to you for 20 years, and one day I, I call you up and ask for a favor, you're gonna be like, I can barely remember this guy and like, this is just like really weird, right? Whereas if we, if we stay in touch and we're like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we might not be chatting daily, but you know, we might touch you know, base chat How you been? Touch yeah. base and you know, like, like you build a relationship. And then yeah. in 20 years, if I say, Hey, Jason, can you help me out with this? It's far more likely you're going to, you're going to help true. me out, right? Because there's a relationship there. And that's a danger with email. People worry about ma mailing too much. The biggest mistake is mailing too little. That's that's a real risk because then the relationship is worth is worth nothing. Do you know what I mean? So I might, you know, like, let's say you're starting that friendship and maybe, I mean, I mean, you can go overkill, right? Like, like let's say we start the friendship and tomorrow I call you up and say, Hey Jason, do you want to buy my? You know, I've got I've got a really cool guitar course. You want to buy it? And then I call you the next day and I ask you to buy something else. And the next day, then then it's like you know you've got givers and you've got takers and you've got matches, right? If you look at the mm -hmm. you know, the three sort of um, not personality styles, but the three the three ways people are. Yeah, I'm big on being a I'm big on always being a giver, um, but almost like you always. I mean. You, it's not totally true. Like sometimes you have a sale and you and you do hard pitch, but you've got to earn the right to do that. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to yeah. earn the right to actually do that by building a relationship. So it's it's it's, it's a lot yeah. like dating. I mean, it's so much like dating, and I think that people forget that that it really is 
you know, this relationship that you're creating and kind of pushing uh, people through. I'm curious if we can dig a little bit into some fun stories or maybe some great victories or maybe eat some ones. I, I was like the ones that we say, man, this was a butcher. Like I jacked this whole thing up. And since you've had a, you know, you've had a long enough career. Um, what are some of those like victories and some of those, man, that didn't go because I think there's so many people, especially on the internet is they really do see the personas of people and they think that their campaigns are just cranking all the time. Like they have this perfect wand. And so it'd be fun to hear maybe some of your stories of like, I don't want to say trials and tribulations, but <laughs> the learning curves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And no, I absolutely, absolutely. So I'm just, um, I mean, like, like, like tribulations, I guess was like like that that heart, yeah that time when I did the um, well that actually started because I I launched my own product and I, I actually launched it with another guy who was a really good copywriter, but we we sort of cookie cutted the launch process, mm. so we didn't really do the proper research. We just sort of you know swipe files and let it out, and we launched this product, and it didn't do great. I think we made. Yeah, we might we might have made several thousand dollars worth of sales, but it wasn't yeah you know, the big home run that we were looking for, right? So yeah. then a month later, I got asked for I got asked by a client to run a launch from them, and uh, they and this one I thought okay I'm going to do the research properly this time, so I went in, I did the deep dive research, I worked out exactly what they want, I wrote the landing page based on exactly what the clients told us. I wrote all the emails based on exactly what the clients told us. And uh, yeah, and that, that ended up being a half million dollar launch. Um, so, and that was of a, that wasn't of a $5,000 product. That was like a hundred dollar product, right? So there's, there's a heap of Whoa. transactions. On an email through. list. Yeah, on an email list. Yeah, yeah, That's large impressive. email list. But but um, yeah, but it was a it was a it was a it was a big launch, and we and I went through and with that client did, yeah, a number of um, yeah six figure launches over the over the years, um, but that was yeah, and that was a that was a big learning about the whole research, right? Like you need to know who you're writing to, what their frustrations are, all of that sort of thing in order to, you know, in order to hit it out, hit it out of the, uh, you know, hit it out of the park sort of thing. So that was, um, yeah, that was, yeah, a, a very, uh, it, it was just, just fascinating to see the contrast in the two approaches. Um, well, also, we definitely have, I mean, we could be right now at this time, there's some funky stuff going on in the financial markets. You know, there are a lot, a lot of things that are getting kind of weird. Um, yep. I would think that email marketing is really where you need to make sure you collect that list, because like you had said, you know, that's what you, that's your opener. I mean, that's your, you own that. So in a sense, as you go through these things, if ads get more expensive or whatever, you have a way to keep that in the loop to make a living. What do you, what do you think, uh, we're kind of going is the, I mean, you think that if we go through these type of recessions, the email becomes more important, or do you think people focus on other things? I think I think relationships become more important. Oh, that's good. Overall, right? So good move. That was good. So yeah, yeah. And email yeah. is a form of email is a form of relationship, essentially, mm -hmm. right? So so if you're like if you can create mass relationships with people, 
then it's the because what what you want is where yeah I think what what what's the book I don't know if it's a book or an article or something but it's a thousand true fans and it's like, yeah who who said that it was a, I remember that it was a thousand true fans I remember that it was a Dan yeah. Kennedy no I know Tim um, Tim uh, the four the four hour work week uh, guy oh, he Tim. didn't write it but he's, no. he's referenced it before. And and yeah. I think I'm pretty sure you Google it and you'll you'll find it. But it's it's sort of based on the um the foundation of if you've got a thousand true fans, that's all you need to have a really solid income, a really dollars. solid lifestyle, really do you know what I mean? Like like yeah. having that that sort of um thing. And, and I think it applies to email. I also think it applies to um to networking, right? Because oh, okay. it's this this hit me years ago. I was reading a book called the 8020 manager by the guy's name were uh, Richard Koch. Okay. And I started to go back because I, I wasn't a believer in, in networking until then. And like I physical, net, like physical networking. Yeah. Like physical networking, like meeting new people, you know, like connecting all that sort of thing. And then when I went back and I looked at where all my best clients come from, I'm like, Oh, I've made hundred grand from that client. How did I get that client? Oh, that's interesting. I got them through, but it wasn't the, a direct connection. It was almost like four or five deep. Oh, like I that's met, interesting. I met that person, through that person, through that person, through that person, through that person. And I did it on like, on like, you know, like quite a, like, you know, sort of 80, 20 of my client lists and started to look at where they all came from. And I never realized it until that moment that they were all generated, not all of them, but a, a vast percentage of them through networks of one kind or another and i'm like oh there is something to this networking uh, it never the penny yeah. never dropped it's almost like it's obvious but it's not obvious yeah. you know until you actually di dissect it and um and that that dice and i think back to the question like networking relationships are so powerful even through this 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 period um my business has done has done really well yeah and a lot of it yeah a lot of it boils down to you know just all the things we're talking about now the networking the emails all of that all of that sort of thing um it's just it's just so powerful and you you get yeah and it's like it might be four or five deep but it's like do you know what i mean so it's like and, and yeah. this is where it comes to the long game over the short game because yeah it's like um it's like we're like we're 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 programmed, I think, to think short game, right? To go, oh, okay. I've, yeah. I, I meet Jason at a at a at a networking event. I hand him my card, and I try to get a meeting with him to sell him my guitar courses or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah. And if that doesn't happen, then I go, oh, that was a bit of a failure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's For like sure. that. I didn't get anything out of that networking event. Whereas if you play long game. Yeah, you know, and you do it, and you and you look at it over a period of 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 years, and you focus on being a go giver rather than a a um yeah rather than just a go getter. I'm I'm very much into the go giver sort of thing. Like I like that. I haven't heard that a go go a go getter a go giver. That's pretty good. I think some yeah, people are going to steal Bob, that a go giver. I, I can't okay. I can't claim okay. it. Bob Bob Berg. <laughs> yeah. written like a I'm not going to take it all the credit, it. but you know what? On this show. <laughs> We're, we're, 
Scott gets all credit for this. If he writes a book, we will go ahead and back him up. So we got you back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, but the whole, the whole go give us sort of thing is where you're, you focus on giving first, right? Like you don't, you don't like, cause you've got a, you know, like, like a fire doesn't come alight. You've got to, you've got to give things to the fire. You got to give it paper. You got to put a lot on it. You got to get all the kindling, right? Do you know what I mean? So it's like mm -hmm. when you get, when you give first, things tend to naturally come, yeah, you know, naturally come back. And it's such my, it's such a better way to do business. It's same with your email list, with your relate, yeah, with your relationships. And it's, it's almost contrarian because most people are doing the opposite. Yeah, most people are doing the opposite. So when you yeah. go contrary and you focus on the other approach and you play, so most people are playing the short game and being more in that go-getter methodology. Yeah. Whereas if you play the long game and you'd be more in the go-giver methodology, it's a, it's a contrarian way to do things. At the same stage, like let's say if we if we apply to email marketing, you do need to yeah everyone in business needs needs to eat right so and that's where yeah like the the third way sort of thing is where you have the the open loop at the end so you've you've got the balance between the two sort of thing and you're still generating sales along the you know along the way yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that um, and maybe this makes sense maybe those maybe there's something that maybe would come out of this but. You know, for many years I was younger and I learned how to sell in, in specific areas. And the short game was become a very good closer, right? It is a, you'd be able to create the relationship really quick and then be able to close them. And then what happened is I ended up working for Harley Davidson and selling motorcycles. I was a young guy. And I remember having that attitude and I was like, wait a minute, these guys come back. <laughs> like they're going to come back to the dealer, you know? And, and next thing you know, you're like, wait, I got to actually be able to manage the relationship. And what I think that in this may be a good analogy is like some people will come to a Harley Davidson dealer and maybe just buy the t-shirt or maybe they'll come to the dealer and just kind of check things out and create kind of this fun relationship, figure out what it's all about. And then maybe six months later, they end up buying the motorcycle. You know, obviously there's ones that'll buy in the beginning, but they'll buy at the end. And I think that kind of the conversation that we're having is like, no one's coming into your store. Like there's not enough time for them to come into your ecosystem to kind of find out what's going on here and to look around a little bit. And it sounds like even in this conversation, your emails are about keeping them in the store and keeping them kind of wondering what's going on. Maybe there's a new hook of a story that's going to happen next week. And I got to kind of tell you next week. And, you know, you're keeping them on this story until you kind of say, hey, by the way, either they say you sell motorcycles or, hey, by the way, we have a motorcycle if you'd like to buy one. And I think that what we've done is like we've removed ourselves a little bit thinking that, and I like how you brought the getting back out to networking, that really, we still are people. <laughs> We're still people, you know, and, yeah. and I always I thought that's kind of interesting. Does that you think that that taps kind of the idea of the conversations of email marketing and how we have off offshoot stores, because we don't really go to stores as like we used to, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, like, email is like, there's this book called They Ask You Answer. And he also talks about it. He's also featured in utility, a guy called Marcus Sheridan. And he was selling swimming pools. And what he found was the average sales conversion in an appointment was 10% across the board when selling swimming pools. 
But if they'd absorbed 30 or more pieces of content, now he was referring to blogs because he could track it through HubSpot, I think it was. He said, but the same concept applies to email. Um, if they'd absorbed 30 or more pieces of content, the conversion rate jumped to 80% in that sales meeting. Wow. So it's like, it's like, so, so the whole thing is, and that's what, that's what I've always found. If someone has been on my email list for a long time and they've been absorbing and they've been reading and then they reach out and book an appointment, the, 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 the conversion rate is quite high because my emails have already done all the nurturing yeah. for me, right? And then it's like, it's like having the team bounce the ball in a basketball game up and give it to the guy standing next to the net and he can just like jump up and slam dunk it. That's all he yeah. has to do. Whereas yeah. if you get, if you get a, a, let's say you get a lead off a Facebook ad and they book an appointment with you straight away, well, then it's your job in that sales meeting. You've got to almost like bounce a ball all the way up. Yeah. And plop yeah. it in the net. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So, so, and that's why like people go, oh no, word of mouth is, is, yeah, perfect for me because like, I, you know, people will pay more. They, the only reason that is, is because of trust. But how yes, do you develop yes. mass trust? So the problem with word of mouth is it's, is it's one is is it's um it's it's by it's it's often by it's not by chance because you do all these networking things to make it happen, but it's unpredictable. You, know, well, you can't, can't scale like, it. You can't call them and be like, recommend me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It just yeah. it just happens. So you create all these loose you know, you create loose connections and relationships and it comes it comes through, but you can't like go, okay, I'm gonna book five appointments a week and hire, you know hire a salesperson to take the calls and do this and do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard. Whereas with, with email, you can do that on more of a mass scale, um, build the relationships, book the appointments, all of that sort of thing and build that trust up. So they're at a, that they're, they're at a higher level by the time they book in that meeting. Well, this is incredible, man. Uh, you've brought a lot of knowledge to this. I, you know, you never know who when people come on, and and fortunately, I'm always blessed to get great people, and I'm always excited at the end. And um, you gave a lot of knowledge, and not only that, just broke it all down, and I really appreciate it. How how do people find you, man? Yeah, yeah. So probably the best place to to go to is uh, www.copywritingthatsells.com.au, um, which is just as it sounds copywriting um, that sells.com.au and if, if you go there as well on the home page you'll see a report for a product called or for a for a report called the third way uh, and that will also put you on my email list so um, yeah but that that talks you through what we've been talking about here has examples of how to write the emails and the difference with the open loops and all of that sort of um, all of that sort of thing so yeah that's cool. And, and you got some new projects you're working on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, actually, I'm actually creating an email marketing. Uh, it's, it's about to be launched, an email marketing um, product, which goes through all this in, in a lot of depth, um, which is super exciting, as well as, you know, just the day-to-day -day operations of, uh, you know, of running the business and, you know, building out, you know, campaigns for clients and all that sort of thing. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I can guarantee that if you guys get on and uh, 
get on his list. It sounds like you're going to be a part of that launch as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Absolutely. You'll, 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 find a bit, you'll find out about it. It's called the Simple Email ROI System. So it's designed to be very, there's a lot of complex stuff out there about emails, but it's designed to be like easy to execute so that, yeah, I can't see the point in creating a course unless, yeah, unless you actually, the clients actually execute it. So it's designed to make that happen. So with this, kind of closing this thing out, I think we're going to say two different things. One is get yourself on Scott's email list. Don't mess around. And then I think he's also probably going to tell you, start emailing your list today. Yes. <laughs> get moving. 100, 100%. Start, start email. Even if, you, even if you want like like a really good one, email to send out is just, hey, and you like you normally I'd set it up on SurveyMonkey and all that, but you could just say, you know, yeah. Hi, Jason. Uh, quick question. What's the, you know, what's the biggest challenge you're suffering from in regards to your marketing right now or yeah, your, yeah, your, your, your accounting right now or whatever your, your business in and just see what response come back. Yeah. And, and, then you don't easy, need, and keep it easy. Keep it simple. Keep, keep it simple. And then a really simple way to do it is if they res respond, then create an email you know, respond, you know, answering their questions. Yeah. You could also ask, you know, what question, if you, you know, what questions do you have that you'd like me to cover in your emails? Yeah. You get a dozen questions back and then you start firing off and, you know, just answering those. Really, now you got three weeks worth of content to kind of break out and individually bring in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of, um, as you probably picked up, of, of, of email. <laughs> well, I always try to respect your time, but I have a, a feeling you and I could have done this for an extra two hours. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't, I don't think we would have lost, uh, lost, lost topics to talk about. <laughs> I wouldn't have at all. So, you know, there's certain guys like you, I probably would love to have you back on and, and everybody would have you back on. So I'm going to throw that back out. We'll make sure that we invite you back. I want to thank you for being on the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved podcast. Thanks a lot, Scott. It's been another amazing one. We appreciate you always. And everybody out there in the Move Entrepreneur Evolved world, uh, always remember to go back and look at other podcast guests. A great guest is um, Eli Wild. Uh, he was one of Anthony Robbins' top salespeople. You can go back and listen to that one as well. Thank you so much, Scott. You're an awesome guy, and I appreciate your time, and so does everybody else. Thanks a lot, brother. Thanks, Jason. Thank, thanks for having me, man. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.